Okay, for our first message, it'll be brought to us by Mr. Mark McGarvey, and it is entitled, The Big Picture. Thanks, Sean. Good afternoon, everyone, and uh, must apologize to Brian. I didn't see your email until just about 10 minutes ago. Sorry about that. He got the mess. He got the title though, so I'm glad he got it from some resource. So I want to start by um, just briefly talking about, um, and I've talked about this before. Growing up in uh, in England, um, I had no interest whatsoever in politics. Um, I watched the news. I knew, you know, obviously the prime ministers as I was growing up was Maggie Thatcher, uh, then John Major, and then uh, Tony Blair before I moved over here in 2002. And the opposition leaders, Neil Kinnock, remember him, and Paddy Ashdown. Um, but I, I really had no interest whatsoever in British politics or any politics, really. Um, I was just growing up, living my life, going to school, going to college, working. And I would, you know, like I said, I'd watch the news, I'd keep aware of what was going on, but never voted for anything and didn't care for what they were saying or what they were doing. Um, not until I moved over here. <laughs> now, I don't know if that means America is more political than Europe or, or whatever, but I started getting an interest. I was now married, of course, had been married a year when I first moved over here. Um, and, but... I will say up front, I, I don't like to be pigeonholed when it comes to politics because, at least for me anyway, individually, I don't like to be seen as I'm a conservative because I have, yes, I have conservative leanings, but I also have some libertarian beliefs and I also have some independent beliefs. And what was kind of strange for me when I became a citizen 11 years ago, and my wife was telling me this, I didn't know this uh, beforehand, I wanted to register as an independent. But apparently in some um, elections in some city and town situations, you can't vote. It's got to be either Republican or Democrat. I didn't know that. Um, you can't vote as independent, which was kind of bugged me. But, um, so, yeah, I, always, I find myself kind of, I don't stand firmly on one, one side or the other. I have a lot of different beliefs, and maybe that's my heritage growing up and my beliefs and my Christian beliefs. But... Um, I definitely believe in um, everyone uh, should have the individual liberty to do what you want, but you've also got to take responsibility for what you do and your actions. So, um, and as I've said before in, in other messages, I love the American Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and what all happened in the American Revolution 240 years ago. Um, I thought those men, those brilliant men were, were brought together at that time and were divinely inspired to, to lead this country to independence and, and uh, bring us what we have to this day and the Bill of Rights. And I think, I think it's the best form of governing that man can do on earth. And uh, I'm glad to be here. And like I said, you know, 11 years ago I became a U.S. citizen. So with that all being said... Um, Looking back at the election 
last week, I guess it's about 11 days ago, which, which I guess technically isn't decided yet. Um, but I do have some reservations, some, some fear about the president-elect, not necessarily the man himself or his beliefs, but those dark forces behind him, which I've, I've heard about and read about, and I've heard their, what they've said, and what their ideas are for our country, and those people he may put in his cabinet, and how far they will try and push us. And I've heard a lot of uh, socialist ideologies and, and so on and so forth. But I'm a big believer in the First and Second Amendments. And we have the right to peaceably assemble here, and thank God we do. The right to worship our God, and no man has a right to take that away. But we as Christians need to step back and take a look at the big picture. And in that picture, I see Jesus Christ returning and him sitting up at the kingdom of God. And whether your guy won or lost last week, it doesn't change God's plan at all. Not one bit. Jesus Christ is still going to return no matter who is the president, no matter who is in charge. And while the world around us may be losing their head, we can stay calm and move on. We can't bury our head in the sand. We have to stay awake, um, be wary of what's going on in the news, what's going on in the world, of course, because a lot of that ties into uh, prophecy and what will happen at the end. Um, but we can step away from the mess and look to the future with confidence because if there's one thing I believe with every fiber in my being is that Jesus Christ will return I've always said that I believe that firmly it may be in 10 years it may be 20 years or it may not be in my lifetime but he will return he says so himself several times he's made that promise I'm just going to look at one, but I'm not, there are many. But let's just briefly look at this one here real quick. Um, the book of Revelation, of course. Right towards the end of the book of Revelation, Revelation 22 and verse 12. Revelation 22, right in the last chapter of the Bible itself. Verse 12, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give, you, to give everyone according to his work. Behold, I am coming quickly. One of the most famous scriptures in the Bible about Jesus Christ's return. And I've put here for reference, if, if, if you wanted to write some of these down, of course there are many, many scriptures where, where Jesus specifically himself talks about him returning, or other people do. Uh, Revelation 1.7, Matthew 24.36, John 14.3, Acts 1.11, to name but a few. He will return. But like I mentioned a minute ago, when he does return, we will be there to help set up his government, which will run for the first 1,000 years, the millennium, with those who are alive on earth at his return, us and all those who will be resurrected at his return. And then after the great white throne judgment, after the 1,000 years are up, his, his government will then go on for eternity, as we read in the book of Revelation. If you compare God's government 
with man's government, there's no comparison. In God's government, there will be never, ever, any kind of corruption. No, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, which goes on in everyday politics all over the world. No lies and smears about people. No false promises. This will be a perfect government with leaders who we've read about in the Bible, men and women with godly character, people like King David, Moses, the great Abraham, and many, many, many more, men and women who will be our brothers and sisters in Christ. So, and in my message during the feast, when I spoke on the, uh, the second day of the feast, I talked about uh, the kingdom plan, and I, I'm going to touch on some of the same points actually today, so it kind of ties in a little bit to my feast message, um, and how we are to be kings and high priests in the kingdom of God. Kings need a government structure, laws, and a constitution to govern by. You can be sure it will be the greatest constitution ever decreed. Now, I've, like I said, the American Constitution is a brilliantly written art article. The Declaration of Independence are superbly and wonderfully written. But the constitution that God and Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ create will be, will be second to none. It will be the greatest. A perfect government with laws that we can live by for eternity in peace and safety. There'll be no more crime, no more sorrow. That is a promise that God makes and something we can tremendously look forward to. But I want to look at two scriptures, though, primarily here in my message, just two that uh, I think are integral to my message, but important for the bigger picture. So the first one of those is in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. And, of course, this is a scripture we read at the, at the feast um, for good reason. But Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, and we'll begin in verse 6 here. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And what an amazing thought and truly awesome that is for us to see. Particularly that word, that line of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. For our king to set, a to set up a government that will go on for billions and billions of years. For all time. It, it blows the mind when you think about it, when you comprehend, when you can comprehend without human minds as best we can, I guess, at least. Billions and billions of years, you've got to have a perfect government and the perfect leader. But then you say, of course, well, of course he can. He's God. You know, he can do whatever he wants, all true. But he wants us to be a part of it and to be involved. And there's no worldly government or institution that could ever offer anything like that. They talk about utopia, a lot of politicians and, and uh, political parties, how they can create a utopia 
through some form of government or whatever. But the only utopia we'll ever see will be the one that God sets up and rules. So, and uh, the other scripture I wanted to look at is just a couple of pages over in Isaiah chapter, uh, chapter 11 and verse 9. Isaiah 11 and verse 9. Here it is. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. A very important scripture, which again we read at the, at the feast usually, because it ties into the, the whole feast message. Um, but I want to read my um, study Bible description of this one verse of verse 9. So listen to this. Quote, In ancient times, the knowledge of the Lord was limited and spotty. There is coming a glorious age in which there will be no limit to access to divine truth. As the waters cover the sea means thoroughly. God will make himself known throughout the earth. End quote. So God will be thoroughly known. Everyone will know about God. Our leader, well, with the world that will accept it, yeah, first of all, will the world that will accept that there is a God, first, first and foremost, that he will be ruling that world, and that he loves us, will make it so much more easier for us to be kings and high priests. When you have a world that does accept that there is a God. I mean, and I've crying out loud, Jesus Christ will physically come to earth. And how it says <clears throat> in the book of Zechariah, how there will be some that won't believe and and there'll be no rain on those people if they don't come up to these tabernacles. Well, how can you... The whole world will see Jesus Christ return. How can you deny that? I mean, of course, some, some evil people will say, oh, it's an alien, and so on and so forth. But it, it, it staggers, it boggles the mind when you think about it in, the, in that sense. How can you deny that God has just returned? Unbelievable. So the, the bigger point here is this, though. <clears throat> our leader, our king, will be God himself. Okay. Our ultimate leader will be Jesus the Christ. The Alpha and the Omega. The King of Kings. He is flawless. He won't make mistakes. He won't make bad judgment calls. Okay. He is God. He is the supreme intelligence who created the universe. Okay. The, the, the one who created the world we live in. The one who put those stars in the skies and created this universe which goes on for billions and billions of miles further than our telescopes can see. He created all that. You don't think he's, he's thought about what's going to happen after he returns and sets up his kingdom? No, not a problem. And so, yes, we've had some great presidents down through the last 240 years and some great leaders. But nobody compares. Nobody can stand with Jesus Christ. I mean, it's not even a contest, you know. So. And, and other great leaders throughout the world and down through history, through millennia. But nobody can compare to Jesus Christ. So, looking back at this past election, I'm not happy about the outcome. But, and what lies ahead in the next four years. But when I look at the bigger picture, I have hope 
And we also have each other. You know, we're right here. We can talk about it. Um, and we can be there for each other. Because like I said, our best, our best candidate is Jesus Christ. And I look forward to him being our leader. So God called us out of this world to be his ambassadors. To spread the truth and the good news of the gospel. To reach out and bring others to Christ. He has our back. He guides us. If we ever get in trouble, we can pray. We can get down on our knees before God and ask for his help. And when you think about it, many Christians lived through and survived the evils of the Nazis in World War II. I gave a message a few years ago on Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a great man who was hounded and, and dogged by the Nazis for being a Christian. And he, he kept on going. He kept preaching. He went on the radio and spoke out against them. He was eventually um, arrested and captured and, and, uh, and sadly executed just two weeks before that part of Germany was, uh, was freed by the American troops that came through. But there were Christians who made it through both communist China and the Soviet Union for the decades of their evil rule. And in the 20th century, the many other forms of governments, there were always Christians that, that came through. And even here lately, in the last 30 years, you know, the, the Christians that were uh, surrounded by Al-Qaeda and, and ISIS, and we heard some horrible stories about what they went through, the Christians that were caught by ISIS and so on, but some Christians did survive. They weren't all killed. So God's message will survive, and it did through those horrible times, and, and down through the ages too, um, when there have been many, many forms of governments in certain countries and, and even when you look back at what the, the Catholic Church did down through the centuries and hounded and killed tens of thousands of people who dared to speak out against the church sending their ambassadors from Rome to, to quiet and, and burn people at the stake God's truth though, the true word of God came through all of that and he made sure his word did get out to the world and those who needed to hear it and no matter what man can do, God's word will get through. So God's message will survive. The word of God will never go away, see? Man cannot, mankind cannot stop it, even with Satan's help. It will not stop. God has always won, and he always will win. If God is for us, as the scripture said, who can be against us? So look. I want to look at my final scripture here, one that is one of my favorite scriptures in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. It's, it's called the, the Great Commission, but uh, I've always liked it for just the simple words that it says. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, at the end of the book of Matthew. Matthew 28 and verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. <clears throat> he is with us always, even to the end of the age. As we look at the big picture, 
of Christ returning and setting up his kingdom. We can take comfort in those words and the many other words that the gospel speak about and Jesus says himself. Many, many other words, many other times we can take comfort from the word of God. And though we can have concerns about our current situation in this country, we can look forward to a time and a leader who will bring eternal happiness to us all. And it's a short message today, but I want to be short and sweet. So there you go.